Welcome to Reactive. My name is Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel. Hi, everyone. And Henning. Hello, everyone. Happy last <laughs> few hours of 2015. Yes. Well, happy. Oh, uh, no, it's it's still it's still like a little bit more than 24 hours. It's like yeah, yes. but it's like it's one day, so it's not days. So just you know, hours. It's at least for me, it's 36, 39 hours. Okay. Until <laughs> although I guess when this when this goes out to the to everyone it'll be Next probably year. on New Year's Eve. Right? Well, that's true. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. well, so we yeah. Happy sure last few hours of <laughs> We have consensus. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> we're not pedantic. We're not nerdy. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, uh, this is this is a. Uh, I was just I was just calculating or I was I was trying to calculate it because I don't remember when our first episode was this year. But it was I mean it's been more than several months. Mm-hmm. Like we've done almost when did we start? July, August? Well Well, we're we're soon approaching like half half a year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so we're almost Cuz we months. are at episode yeah. First episode was July 16th. Okay. So just right. under six months. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay for almost half a year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it makes sense to do a, a year in review, but but I do think it would be interesting to think about what happened over the last year in terms of technology. I mean, we're not even remotely prepared for this because yeah, you know, I'm it's not. A, no. it's, it's, <laughs> but I'm not prepared for anything. Um. But I mean, this was the year of alphabet and uh, <laughs> like more self-driving car type stuff, and like all the reactive programming type stuff because that wasn't really a thing in 2015 or 2014. What year are we in? I don't uh, even know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it definitely was like it was uh, it was like the React JS year. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. I think that reactive programming kind of uh, started started kind of coming up this year. But I think mm-hmm. it would the reactive programming, like if it's going to be taken up by a lot of people, then I think that's going to happen next year. And I think this year was like totally like the React.js is the thing year mm-hmm. when it comes to JavaScript. And at least right. in my kind of bubble, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, so I was I was thinking what maybe would be interesting would be kind of to uh, to kind of rehash or think back to what we learned this year. Some interesting like you know highlights, and um, and for me for me that that definitely that definitely includes this whole reactive programming thing. That's something that I discovered for myself, which I totally kind of gravitated towards because. I really like that um, um, there's just what it is, this kind of flowing of streams and, and handling them. And um, also what, what, um, what I kind of learned was that these principles of, of functional programming are super interesting for, for what we do as JavaScript pro- programmers um, when it comes to UI programming and stuff. And uh, I haven't really dived into that uh, too much, but I've definitely uh, definitely did a little more than scratching the surface of it because of React and, and reactive programming because it also has a lot of functional kind of um, paradigms flowing in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and also um, for me, like it was great to, for me it was a great thing to change my job to to go into kind of product development instead of uh, client services because um, that is kind of more suited to my my to to things that I do well and things that I like to do is kind of working on a product and kind of building it from the ground up and um, you know working with the team and kind of making sure that that this thing is done well and kind of you know like testing it so that it works well and stuff like that and not having to 
just quickly hammer something out in a in a in a couple of months, something mm-hmm. like that. So that's really that that was really great for me, and um, and I've all I've learned a lot along uh, along the way, mm. and um, yeah. So that's that was that's basically my my few highlights from the year when it comes to uh, this stuff, this web development stuff. <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> the stuff that we love. Yay! How about you, Henning? Um, I guess for me, it's uh, just um, focusing more on APIs and you know realizing the importance of those, and, and especially the things that I'm doing. <clears throat> but also coming to the the so I guess painful realization is that um, yeah, there needs to be more standardization, at least where I'm working, um, because it's just not not maintainable. So. As I've talked about it on the on the show before, I've, I've you know started looking into, or actually not not just looking into. I'm I'm pretty uh, much into JSON API and um, you know getting more and more into that. Starting to contribute to a to a project in uh, PHP land and learning how how interesting it is when different developers are trying to interpret the. Uh, standard and <laughs> arguing whether it's compliant or not. Um, so, and then also just again, and I think this is something that um, I remember from what Jafar said. You know, development skills is not uh, that gets you so far, but when you want to push something into an organization or get people to notice, you need um, other skills, and it's really really difficult to get people to buy into something new or, or something, you know, different, I guess, um, when they don't know about it or they're, they're averse to change. And, uh, you know, even if you're totally on fire and you totally see that this would, you know, change things and, and, and really, really help out, um, it's very hard to get that uh, pushed through. And uh, other things, um, hmm, I don't know. I uh, just sort of a general sense um you know i uh of, of technology and how it's sort of invading everything um and i see that with my kids you know we we let them um have have a try or a go at minecraft and that has like totally taken over in the last two weeks and <laughs> wow. it's, it's insane it's totally insane it's it's fun on the one hand but on the other it's a little almost kind of sad because it's like, you know, yeah, that's cool. You can build all this stuff, you know, but you have like 5,000 pieces of Lego up in your room and why don't you go build those, you know, um, that's 3d, you know, and, uh, but so, so that kind of stuff and the things that sort of stood out for me, uh, in the past year, um, are things like, uh, SpaceX, um, you know, them being able to successfully land that rocket in a way that, should physically not be possible um (laughs) just it's insane to me and that was just again so cool watching all the you know the people that are involved with that like totally wigging out when when it worked and all the joy and everything to see how you know engineering uh worked out um and other things again actually from sort of the same person as involved in this ellen musk i don't know if you saw the unveiling of his um of his suv the Tesla, I think it's the Model X. Oh. That thing is insane. I mean, the the engineering that is in that is is unbelievable. Like all the mm. um, the sensors and everything that that car has that can basically, you know, help you avoid um, accidents by detecting what's going on around you. And um, that just, yeah, I find that fascinating, and it's just coming more and more. So, those things that. Just now, I can I can think of that stuck out for me. Um, how about you, um, uh This year was definitely an interesting year for me, like at work. Um, so this is the first time I've ever been at a company for almost two years in my entire career. It's really common, at least in in the Bay Area, to jump around a lot um, as you find companies, you know, figure out what their thing is, like especially in startups. Um, maybe the startup runs out of funding or it turns out the co-founders aren't quite the leaders that you want them to be, or maybe the product just isn't 
going to take off and you're bored or whatever. Like there's all sorts of reasons uh, why you would jump around a lot. But I've been at NPM now for, in February, it will be two years. And so this year I learned a ton about architecture and, um, and especially working on teams, just like figuring out how to be a good teammate and how to, how to, how to push the team in, in a cohesive way towards building something really amazing. Um, that was always stuff that I let other people figure out for me because like when you're first starting out, you're just like, just tell me what to do. I don't care. Don't just give me my work and give me my paycheck and I'll be fine. Uh, but as you get a little bit more advanced, you start to, in the same way that I think that new programmers are like, okay, just give me a, a project and I will figure out how to make that project happen eventually you get to the point where you're like, don't stop telling me what to do. <laughs> Let me figure this out myself. Uh, it, it's, it's been really interesting watching my team grow and evolve into this like really amazing machine. It still has a ways to go, but it's, uh, it's, it's really, really fascinating watching this progress happen. Um, and then in terms of, of just general tech, um, it's, all I can think of right now is Twitter. I don't know why, like the word Twitter just keeps popping into my head. And I think it's, uh, I'm continue, I continue to be fascinated by how Twitter will bring us together and yet also make me like genuinely question whether or not I should be on the internet at a given time. <laughs> because like stuff happens on the internet and you can be all consumed by it for better or for worse. And, uh, and for me, at least this year, I've started teaching myself or learning about how to step back and say, I don't need to do this right now. I can step away. And that has given me a lot of just personal clarity. And, uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I think a lot of us think, Oh my God, there's something happening on Twitter. I have to be on Twitter. Um, but there are moments, I think, when you don't want to have to look at Twitter. <laughs> you just don't want to, you don't want to turn it on. You don't want to know what's happening in the world. You just kind of want to be in your own space for just a day and then go back in. And so I've been doing this like, you know, I think I mentioned I, I do like the Wheel of Fortune uh, wheel and just kind of like, what's happening? What's important? Okay, cool. And then what's happening? What's important? Okay, cool. I'm done. <laughs> um, Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm still yeah. here. Okay, now I can hear you again. Oh, no. Did what? I cut out? No, I heard you the whole time. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I, I only heard you until Twitter, and then at some point you were gone. Hmm. Oh, no. Go. I was out of it. Oh, no. <clears throat> are, are we um, recording? I'm, I'm good. I have it on my end, too. So. Okay, cool. Well, I have okay, my audio great. recording as well. Fix it in post. Then just, just continue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just been really fascinating. Uh, I need to write my end of the year post. I always write a, an end of the year blog post that kind of like sums up my year and what I'm expecting for next year. I always have these like huge plans for what I'm going to do for my end of the year blog post. And then... Like, I realize it's 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've run out of time. <laughs> Stuff happened. Yeah. It was cool. Stuff's happening next year. I bet it'll be cool, too. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so was that a conscious decision for you to, um, you know, basically make peace with, okay, I'm not going to go on Twitter, and that, I'm sure that applies to other things, too, in tech, to just be fine with that and, and not get anxious over that thing that you mentioned that, oh, gosh, we might be missing something or whatever. Yeah, um, I, I don't. Or know did that it just was, sort of happen? Or I'm it kind of like I think I think it was baby steps of like, mm. it's okay if I don't read everything in my timeline. That was like step one, because I used to I used to make sure that I read every single tweet, every single one in my timeline. Like I would not feel complete until I had <laughs> read every single little thing. And then uh, last year I. Uh, I went to Germany and um, made a whole bunch of friends in Europe and then started following them on Twitter. And 
y'all are all like busy and stuff while I'm asleep. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't wake up to 300 new tweets and expect to read them all. Like I have things to do. (laughs) So like that was the first step. And then the second step was uh, like, I don't have to read it today or like, I don't have to read it this minute. Like, you know, like, I don't have to, when I have my phone and I'm idle for 30 seconds, I don't have to open Twitter as my first app. I can open something else. Um, and then, you know, just like little things, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And um, it's been really, really fascinating. Uh, just like each little baby step, each little baby step. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, I didn't check Twitter today. What's going on? <laughs> um, so, so that's been really cool. Yeah, I think that's 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 great because I mean we've talked about this before, but that's a really hard thing to do. And at mm-hmm. least for me, at times, I have those moments too where I'm like, okay, this is fine. You know, I don't, I have no, uh, um, I have no problem with that. And it's not so, so much just Twitter or, or it's more keeping up with. Well, I guess that's the same thing, but keeping up with what's going on and uh, you know maybe missing something important, which is ridiculous if you think about it and just step mm-hmm. back, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, that's, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It's a work in progress constantly, yeah. constantly. Um, do either of you do like an end of the year recap, like in general, or is it like, do you, or is this going to be your end of the year recap? Um, cause I, like I mentioned, I have a blog post that I do and, um, and I've been doing it for, oh my goodness, almost four years now, I think. Oh, wow. Now, I've done, I did one a few years ago, sort of wrote down and thought that would, um, you know, make it more urgent or real to actually do what I wanted to do. I think I I did a sort of a recap and then wrote what I want to learn in the coming year. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, stuff happens. And I mean, I guess it's good to have goals, but You also have to, I think, you know, along the same lines of what you said uh, about Twitter, you also have to just be okay with it. And if it doesn't all work out and it's, it's fine, you know, and that's, I think for a lot of people, a big, you know, source of, I don't know, anxiety and stress, especially in our industry where everything's changing so fast, you know? Um, I mean, I feel that so often. I mean, you guys are talking about, um, you know, reactive programming and all that. And I have not even touched any of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I don't, yeah, but that's, yeah. it's fine. Um, and, uh, that's okay. Yeah. How about you, Khalil? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't do any, uh, end of year posts. This is, this is kind of the end of year post for me, for sure. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, uh, writing is, is I like to write and I'm trying to write more, but, I can't do it on this kind of schedule. I'm not a fast writer, and uh, yeah, I often just yeah. scrap the posts that I start <laughs> and like stuff like that. It's not <clears throat> like the audio thing is kind of my my medium, and I like to do it like this. That's By cool. the way, I totally forgot. Um, just when you said reactive programming, of course, it was also at least for me. It was the year of uh, ES six. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just well, like, Yes, 2015. Well, yeah, well, yes, it was actually right. Actually, the year of yes, 2015. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, literally, um, and um, yeah, that was great. Like, I really enjoyed getting into it, and that was also a big um, feature for me of my new job. That that ES6 was kind of the language we would be writing our code in, and that was kind of set as a requirement, and that was awesome. Just to be able to to really use it and to get to know it properly, at least, I mean, properly. I mean, there are still areas that I don't really uh, touched yet, but um, but just for but a lot of it we we're using, and it it is uh, it's really great. It's a really great addition to the language. All the new changes, so yeah. That's I just wanted to add this because uh, that was really missing actually in our kind of recap. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what happens in 2016? What's going to happen in 2016? Yes, good question. <laughs> so, so I do, I totally think it's going to be the year of reactive programming. 
<laughs> for in the JavaScript world, like I could, I could totally because there is so much kind of excitement around it right now. I think it's going to be more reactiveness, and it's also might also become the year of Elm. Have you guys heard of Elm? I've, yeah, I've heard of it, but I don't know too much about it. It's a it's a compiled to JavaScript, right? Y- yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like a, a, it started, I think, as a thesis of a thesis of the um, the author of Elm um, during his studies, and he's he's been studying like functional programming a lot, and he kind of took all the things that he loves and the best parts of functional functional programming, and made a new language that he called Elm. And it's it is for UI programming. It's for for JavaScript uh, UI, or it compiles to JavaScript, and it is for the web, and um, it's it's pretty amazing. Like it is it is uh, it's completely functional, and it is also um, typed s- strongly typed, I think, and uh, and. Um, it, it because of that it can like when you compile it gives you this um, these amazing kind of compiling errors where it kind of figure out figures out oh you pass this parameter but maybe you you know mistyped or uh, you know it is the I mean it actually typed the wrong characters or whatever if you if you didn't type the the, the name of the variable correctly or and maybe you me- meant this and and oh this this function only accepts this and maybe you know you should try to pass this and that blah blah like th- there's lots of tweets about this recently you can find like elm error language uh, error um um messages and you'll find all these uh you know tweets with with captions of those um um, messages and everybody's like wow blah blah and it is very declarative and and you can describe like UIs and 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 you can you know program games with it and there's lots of talks by the author um, floating around on the internet and um, people are very excited about this and it also actually has reactive programming built into it so they also use some sort of an observable implementation or at least streams kind of implementation and they call it signals. Um, so, so this is kind of like almost like a like a combination of functional programming and streams, kind of ending up in this kind of uh, ideal, almost like for for at least for the author and for many people who use it, it's kind of the ideal language to describe UI and stuff. And um, so, I think this could definitely be a big contender for next year. Um, even though I think that many JavaScript developers are a little bit hesitant to kind of jump on a completely different language even though it, mm. you know because it's really diff- completely different in syntax and thinking and and everything so that might be a little bit rough for it so i don't think necessarily it's it's a sure shot for next year but i could think that definitely reactive programming and like these data streams that they will make a have an impact next year mm. other than that what do you think what's uh, what's going to be big for npm uh raquel next year oh goodness for npm it's just going to be constantly it's we're going to hire more wombats to um deliver all your packages um so expect cute little animals that, that that's obviously what the the um department of 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 uh fuzzy Fluff. Fluff, yeah. yes, thank you. The <laughs> Department of Fluff uh, is going to be in charge of. Um, but no, but it, in, in all seriousness, uh, I think it's going to be a lot about optimization. We, we've finished putting out the major products. So like all of the private module type stuff, those major products are done. Uh, now it's just about iterating on those products and making it a better experience, adding more features to those products, um, and really just making it so that teams can be really efficient and build lots of really awesome applications with lots and lots of little modules. Um, <laughs> there's going to be, it's, it's all about, it's going to be about performance optimization and, um, uh, we're going to work on search. So help me. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that search <laughs> is better in 2016 because we've been, we've been wanting it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and 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 we want to make it easier for people to uh, find good packages. And there are lots of different ways to do that. Um, but I know that at least 
we have some we have some good ideas for how to get that started. It's all going to be baby steps, um, but making sure that we can uh, allow for user generated content. And um, so, like, if you were to like write a little post about here are my favorite modules for password encryption or whatever, then you can share that and people can be like, oh, you know, this person knows what they're talking about. Let me make sure I check out what they're talking and what they're doing and da 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 da. Um, really making sure that people can share information. Just want to make it easy to find the right module because we've discussed many times over how there's so many modules uh, and in, in the NPM registry, but how do you pick the right one? The answer is nobody actually knows so let's try to figure out a, a better way to make it so that people can communicate with each other and say, this is my favorite module um, beyond just a simple star. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's going to be a really interesting problem and, and it's going to be really fun. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, I think, I think that's going to be the, the future for NPM, at least from my perspective uh, for 2016. Um me personally, I'm going to try to give a, a few talks. I just heard about a new conference called Dinosaur JS that's going to be in Colorado. And I really, really, really want to go, mm-hmm. mostly because it's in Colorado. And who doesn't love dinosaurs? So, I mean, I just want to go. Um, <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a really fun year with a lot of interesting information about how stuff works and um, just em- enabling people. I, I, I see 2016 as the year where we're just going to enable even more people to get into programming. Whatever way that, that is, I'm not sure, but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how from like a cultural standpoint, the industry changes and, um, and it, it, it's it's going to be really fascinating. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Yeah. How about you, Henning? Well, on a on a personal side, um, I'll be figuring out how to be a dad to three kids now. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, December seventeenth, um, as you know, because that was during the last show. Um, <laughs> our daughter was born. Her name is Anya Sophie, and. Uh, or Anya Sophie, <clears throat> and she was four kilograms, which I think is 8.8 pounds for the non-metric nice. people. Thank is you. Is that a lot? <laughs> that's, yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> that's, that's a, that, that is a sizable babe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 55 centimeters, that's 21 and some inches, I think. Nice. Yeah, wow. so um, that all went well, and uh, she is doing good. Mom is doing good, too, and... She's awesome. doing what she's supposed to, which is transforming milk to poop at ever increasing <laughs> rates. So. Uh, in squares? Not in squares, but oh. all oh. kinds of colors and <laughs> consistencies. Okay. I'm sorry, Henning, you did not have a wombat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. Oh, that's too bad. But, you know, human baby is okay too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so on a. On a uh, I don't know, professional, I'm not sure what's in store for me, probably more PHP uh, API stuff, Um, hopefully JavaScript, uh, probably in the form of Ember. Um, Just going to do that pretty much on my own for my own projects, since it's not a core thing in my my job description at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And some speaking, obviously, that's next month. Um, We have two, well, one talk with Khalil, I think you guys touched on that. It's in February, right? Oh, February. Yeah. Okay, we're not in January yet. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. You're, you're not progressing yet. in the future. Like, yeah. with like oh, it's already yeah. mid-January for me. Right. And then I'm going to give a talk on JSON API at the same conference, and who knows? We'll see what else comes about in that uh, arena. But um, I think, so I've been following Rust for quite a long time. Um, I've always wanted to start to do something with it. And actually, the last few days, I actually wrote my first uh, Rust program. And uh, it is the, I think it's day one of uh, the advent of code, so something very simple. But um, it took a while to to figure it out. But I have to say, um, I missed that type of thing, you know, working with compilers and, and typed languages and 
and error messages that are useful and tell you what's going on. <laughs> and, error messages that are useful. You think errors are supposed to help you? What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm actually really impressed um, of of that that project or by that project. Just the tooling around it. Um, you know, I the last time I did C++ was probably 2008. And um, there was no, you know, ecosystem the way, um, you know, NPM or um, Composer, you know, all the, you know, JavaScript people say, yeah, whatever, you know, we have that. But it's actually, it's, it's a big deal. And um, Rust actually has its own um, dependency management system or package management system called mm-hmm. uh, Crate.io. And it is amazing how fast you can get up and running with stuff, even if you haven't done anything before, um, including, you know, other people's libraries. Well, just like, you know, everybody's used to from JavaScript, but this is, I think, kind of new for a, a language like this. And um, the fun part here is that um, it is it is pretty smart. It, it almost is guaranteed that if it compiles it'll work, it'll work, it'll run, it won't crash. Um, and so making that little app was actually uh, quite a lot of fun. And uh, awesome. I mean, I don't have any, unfortunately, there's no, you know, here again, I have no application at work for it. I wish I did. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it was something I missed and maybe I'll, you know, poke at it every now and then. And actually one interesting um, project I bumped into, it's called Neon. And basically, it's an abstraction layer um, in Rust that lets you write uh, node modules in Rust and oh. get them uh, basically running in Node very quickly and easily. Uh, so that I found that quite interesting. I haven't looked at it in detail, but uh, pretty cool. I mean, here again, it's like the tooling around it makes everything super easy. The documentation is, is really, really good. Um, very nicely written. Um, you can go at learning it in, you know, several different angles, either by going through and reading, you know, from the ground up all the stuff about the types and how everything works, or just following sort of through uh, a few stories or tutorials on how to do some simple apps. Um, so overall, yeah, very, very impressed. And, uh, you know, I hope it, I hope it succeeds. Um, Mozilla has some, some pretty, um, interesting projects going on with it. They're, they're, they're trying to make, or trying to write parts of, uh, um, you know, a new browser probably will land in Firefox eventually if it succeeds. But this thing called Servo, which is Servo, which is basically a browser engine, and uh, written in Rust, and they are trying to make it the fastest one on the planet. And uh, very curious to see how that goes. So maybe it'll become a little more, um, you know, Go was Go was out first or you know sooner. So I think that's taken on quite um quite well very curious to see how rust comes out yeah that's interesting please keep us updated Mm -hmm. on your rust uh adventures because that that you're the first person who's talked about rust in a way that make that that has made me go "Ooh, i want to (laughs) play cool yeah so yeah that's cool that's really neat can recommend it. Maybe I'll post the code on. Don't we have a we have a repo on the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all JavaScript. Totally post it. We'll yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's so there's my two cents on next year. Um, I don't know what else. <laughs> what is oh, going yeah. to happen? <clears throat> Looking yeah. at the crystal ball. <laughs> and the crystal ball. Well, hey, I, I, this was also kind of uh, this year was for me also the year where. My musical past and present kind oh, of yeah. uh, was meshed together with the JavaScript world, and um, for me, I think there's definitely going to be um, in um, projects that have nothing to do with programming. There's going to be um, some music stuff coming where I'm a part of it next year, as well as I think we have some sort of a verbal agreement that will be also uh, performing at the next JSConf again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. wow. Yeah, that was nice. Had, Malte who was one of the organizers. He he basically came to us and said, "Well, um, we don't really know uh, what to do next year because we can't top this." <laughs> <laughs> so so it's on you to top it. Nice. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, "Well, 
we can come again. <laughs> we'll we'll make it we'll make it better. Uh, nice. So so basically said yeah. I don't, but you know, like we, we shook hands on it and we'll see what happens. Nice. Nice. But yeah, there's going to be hopefully some more of that next cool. year. Cool. It'll be cool. <clears throat> that, that'll be very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on a personal note, I'm going to be, so my, I, I, I created a, uh, on January 1st of 2015, I had a, uh, I, I hate New Year's resolutions. I really do because they never last ever, ever, ever. And they're very, um, I wrote a whole blog post about this, but like a, a proper goal. Have you heard of smart goals where they're like simple and measurable and, uh, something, something, and you have like time or whatever. Um, the whole point of a smart goal is that you, you know, when it's done and you know how long it's going to take and you know exactly what it is that you need to do in order for it to be done. A lot of people like their New Year's resolutions are, um, you know, lose weight <laughs> or <laughs> stop eating crap. Um, and and th- that's not useful. It's not smart because how do you know how, when you're done losing weight? Like is one, is one pound enough? Is one kilo enough? I have no idea. Measurements are hard. Um, anyway, the point is, uh, so I came up with a New Year's project. And so I was like, well, a New Year's project is definitely something that, because it's a project, now you know, well, okay, in order to finish this project, I need to accomplish these milestones and uh, da-da-da-da-da, and then I'll know when I'm done, because I will have finished the project, the project will be complete. And so my my New Year's project was to uh, construct, to sew a pair of jeans, uh, which is actually really, really hard, uh, and it was extra entertaining because I had never sewn before. So like January 1st of this year, I had never used a sewing machine. I I didn't know anything about sewing at all. I just knew that it would be really entertaining as like a new hobby to do. And um, so I took a class on how to make a pillowcase and then slowly have been moving up, 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 up. Um, sad to say, I did not totally finish my pair of jeans, but I did start them. And um it has been an exercise in patience. And <laughs> honestly, I don't know how, how the modern sewist does it without a degree in mechanical engineering because the entire time <laughs> sitting there like, okay, so the tensile strength of this cloth is going to be such and such. And in order for me to make the seams proper, like, and, and so that they don't burst, I need to have these types of seams and then constructing this garment. And it, it is seriously mechanical engineering, but with fabric. And it is the most fun thing that I've done in a long time, just because I really missed using my hands. And um, if it wasn't for the fact that I had started knitting as well this summer, uh, I probably would have finished my pair of jeans. But instead, all I have is the is multiple prototypes of my <laughs> my jeans. Yeah, I was just gonna ask if you're if like on the same one all along, or if you had like a few starts and you oh, like yeah, get it further so- each time. I'm getting, I mean, like it's, I'm like prototyping, like you wouldn't believe, like I have, <laughs> I have, I have blueprints and mock-ups and I mean, it's, it, I don't know how I've managed to stop myself from creating a 3D rendering of myself and like a 3D CAD model of these jeans, but like <laughs> I've managed to avoid that, <laughs> wow. but awesome. everything else I'm just like, oh my God, um, so I know that next year I'm going to be doing even more of that. And uh, I already have plans to create a, a 3D uh, replica of myself so that I can start making more clothes. And I mean, it, it sounds so domestic, but honestly, it is just so fun and so cool from like just an engineering perspective. Um, and I think, I think more people should play around with it. If, if you're into building stuff with your hands if you have no desire to do any of that then don't bother <laughs> you'll hate it it'll make you want to scream um but it is so fun yeah i think there's a lot more to it than than you would think at first oh, yeah. at first thought you know oh and, yeah uh, people are like oh sewing it's you know needle and thread nah. and it's like no you have no idea i'm using very powerful machines that will cut off your finger um <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah very cool i'm gonna be i'm gonna be doing more of that and uh just having lots of fun 
Um, one thing that I've been doing a lot this year and that I will definitely continue to do next year uh, and probably hopefully more effectively is mentoring. I've been doing a lot of, um, there's like lots of different types of mentoring, but uh, I've been doing, so I, I started out doing the like one to many, which is kind of like in my speaking engagements and, uh, and like, you know, giving talks and stuff. Uh, but I've also, I've been slowly transitioning more to the one to one type of mentoring where I have, you know, mentees and, um, and trying to help them with their, as, as they move along in their careers and it, that's incredibly rewarding. Um, Is that mostly or only with uh, coworkers or have you, are you in some kind of other environment where you do that? Um, it's not, it's not official in any way. Like I'm not in any sort of like join this group to be a mentor and we will match you up with a mentee. It, it's not like that. Uh, it's mostly been just people who've reached out to me or who I've reached out to um, generally tends to be people who are not necessarily in my innermost circle. They tend to be like, friends of friends who are like, Hey, you're in this industry. Can I ask you for some advice? Will you please give me a code review or, um, Oh man, I don't know what to do right now. I think I need to change jobs. Will you help look over my resume? You know, will you, uh, be a sounding board for what I should look at next? And, and so it, it gets more, uh, intense over time. Like it starts out with a, can I just ask you a couple of questions and then turns into a, okay, I have this situation at work. I can't talk to my coworker. How do I, what words do I use to make sure that, that they hear me and that uh, I hear them and all of that stuff. So it gets, it gets progressively more interesting over time. And what's really cool is that they move a bit from that outer circle to that inner circle. So many of them I consider good friends. Um, but yeah, if, if, if you haven't mentored somebody before, like I highly recommend it. And you're probably mentoring people and you just don't know it. Um, it wasn't until somebody tweeted out, like they were like, oh my God, Rockbot is my mentor. I can't believe I'm seeing her on stage right now. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize like we had that official relationship, but that's exactly <laughs> what we were doing. Like she was asking me for advice and I was giving her the best advice I could. Um, and uh, it, it's like, it's been really rewarding, like seeing this person, uh, slowly come to understand like what her environment is and what she wants out of her environment. And, um, you know, moving, moving in a way that's really purposeful, uh, you know, engaged with information saying, okay, I know what I want now. Let's go for it. But that like, you, you can't always figure that stuff out when you're by yourself. Um, so uh, I highly recommend doing that, even if it's something really simple. Like someone will just tweet at you and be like, wait, so which which language should I learn next? It's like, well, that one's a little hard. <laughs> but, you know, and, and we're definitely seeing it in our Slack channel, which is pretty awesome um, already. Like it's, it's some really informal mentorship. Um, but as you work with specific people, like more and more often, it turns into kind of a more official relationship if you will um so yeah and i think also in for me in in general 2015 i've come across a lot of very positive people mm. um and i know you know our industry has major problems and you hear so many really nasty terrible stories um but there's also and i'm not you know not in any way diminishing that whatsoever but um i've had some really really nice experiences um you know this podcast obviously part of that also all the people that, um, you know, have have uh, come to the Slack channel and so on. But just a few weeks ago, again, there was there was one thing that, that really struck me, and it was uh, I was trying to figure out some things um, about JSON API. And so I was on the discussion forum for that, and I saw this, this question by someone asking if, you know, or how, or if anyone's done this basically to... Um, return xml uh from json api and i'm like what you know it's in the name why would you do this you know and um so basically kind of being dismissive you know about mm -hmm. that in my head and then i scroll down and i read the reply by someone well actually his name is ethan resnick he is uh, one of the people um answering questions in the forum and he um i guess he's part of the project and he gave this absolutely amazing answer 
that was just super friendly. It was educational. So he explained why that might not make sense, but it is still possible. And just extremely positive, even provided links to other things. And I felt like such an ass after reading that, you know, <laughs> because it's like, that's the way it should be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I actually sent him a tweet and I, th- I, I basically said, yeah, this is how you're supposed to answer questions. And he thanked me for that. But I, that was just a really, those are really nice things that, you know, that sort of remind me of, um, yeah, there's, there's decent people. And uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not all bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think that there are more decent people in the world than there are non-decent people in the world. Yeah. The only problem is that the non-decent people are really loud. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so it's really yeah. easy to spot the non-decent people because the good people, they just it, were so quietly nice. Mm-hmm. And um, though I also, I can't think of a loud way <laughs> to be nice. <laughs> to be like, <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna be nice to you now. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Have it's a like, great day. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're a uh, tender love, I guess he does it in a loud way. It's true. He's figured it out. Uh, well, it's true. I also, I also uh, tend to believe that there's more good and uh, more decent people in the world than bad. But uh, first of all, the 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 not indecent ones tend to be a little uh, loud, and then also there there are like mechanisms and systems in in our world and uh, society that kind of like to how do you say emphasize the loudness even mm-hmm. like give them like a give them like a amplify it yeah. megaphone mm-hmm. you know so that everybody can point and look. And um, I think that kind of definitely skews the whole the per- perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, yeah. There's yeah, I guess a- what you can do is you can you know point out or or you know uh, yeah emphasize the ones that that are doing nice things or good things, pointing them out, thanking no. them for doing that because um, yeah, I'm sure that that feels good too. So um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sure. Yo. What else? <clears throat> else. Um. Uh, it's been a fun year, but I'm ready for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you guys gonna do for uh, New Year's? Sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm flying. We're flying on New Year's Eve, so we're gonna pick up the dogs, and then. So the thing is, it's so funny, right? Because when you're a kid, staying up in, uh, past midnight is like such a rare thing. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to stay up until past midnight and we're going to watch the ball drop because I grew up in New Jersey. So like the New York ball dropping was televised and it was like the big thing. Yeah. Um, and and so I remember having like big New Year's Eve parties and we always had a party at our house and all of that. But now mm. I'm like, you know, I'm 30. <laughs> I stay up past midnight every once in a while and I'm like, this isn't that interesting. Look, it's just a little ball on the TV. It's like, whatever. Uh, Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it really depends on how, you know, we're feeling, but um, normally we we make, uh, we make homemade pierogi for, uh, for New Year's. It's, uh, my husband is of Polish descent and so like, that's like, a Polish tradition, I think. That's, that's making, awesome. Yeah, making pierogi um, on on New Year's Day. So we'll do that from scratch because I'm weird. Nice. And <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It's so that's delicious. Great. Of course. So delicious. It's a very uh, well-functioning formula. Eat and be merry. Exactly. Yeah. I had this experience... I had only this experience and it comes to New Year's Eve. The only times I had um, nice, enjoyable, fun New Year's Eve was when I spent it with friends in a flat somewhere, making food and eating it and then going in front of the house at 12 o'clock and that's it. And everything else, I mean, or just staying at home and just sleeping. I did that once too. And it was also (laughs) great. 
and uh, and every time like back like in my teenage years or in the you know when I was twenty something or whatever, and we were trying to do something at at New Year's Eve, it was always uh, boring or terrible or like <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. consistent. You know, <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely changes as you as you get older, and um, mm-hmm. now with kids, it's completely different, of course. Too, um, I actually did buy—I um, don't know what they're called—but there's like these. You basically buy this box with a hundred. Um, it's like a jeez, what are they called? There's a bunch of cardboard, you know, tubes glued together. You light the fuse, and then it shoots off a hundred things. So I got that. So I'm gonna go out in front of the house, probably around I don't know. 8.30 or whatever, you know, and do, do, <laughs> and do that for the kids so they have something. And we might wake up um, the oldest one at, at 12. Because what we noticed last year is this town goes nuts at New Year's. I mean... Oh, really? <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Um, they, you know, and it's all around. It's not even a public show. It's like all the people just blowing all their money i guess on fireworks so but he last year um our oldest we woke him up and i held him by the window and he just fell asleep so it wasn't too interesting (laughs) is he a year older now he might he might he might yeah that's funny yeah it's a no it's a it's a good so we'll do our little new year's in the old year and see what happens that's fine (laughs) i yeah Oh, I used to, I used to kind of doubling back on the pedanticism. I used to, at our New Year's Eve parties when I was a kid, I was such a brat because like we would have a bunch of kids hanging out in the basement and um, right after the new, after the ball drops and everybody's like, yeah, happy new year, you know, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, And the kids go downstairs to like keep playing games or whatever. I would sit in like someone else's chair and they'd be like, Hey, you're sitting in my chair. And I'd be like, I haven't sat in this chair all year. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no, you were sitting in it like two hours ago. And I'm like, Nope, I haven't sat in it all year. I I was, I was, um, yeah, but I can, I can see the thing with the food. Uh, that's actually thinking about it now. That's exactly right. Um, and that was probably in, you know, early twenties when you get together and, um, make food with your friends at somebody's house and just hang out. Like I remember having like, you know, these, these long, these dinners that take a long time, either something like fondue, like meat fondue or, yeah. or raclette. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... We had that at Christmas actually. Oh, ah, cool. Yeah. I mean, those are like. Just you can sit there for two hours and eat or more, you know, it's really, it's really nice. And then you just fall over. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, there's like compared to like, you know, Thanksgiving, you just, it's, uh, yeah. it's all at once. And then you eat, eat yourself into a coma. And, right. And uh, then, and then after an hour you're done. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you know, all you can do is park yourself on the couch. <laughs> roll roll off the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah but so you know we'll see i think that'll be fun and um good times yeah good times all right all right yes and we are, are actually at the end of this show yes oh, no mm-hmm. oh goodness uh do we have any shout outs for our oh. friends on slack oh there is actually i think there was no, no, I don't think there's no new people in the Slack. I think oh. there was uh, Slack has has kind of quieted down, which um, which is totally sense. understandable. Yes, yeah. exactly, <clears throat> because everybody is uh, with their families and celebrating various events. And um, yes, um, hopefully that's gonna it's gonna start up again in January, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, what do you say when you want to wish somebody uh, a great uh, New Year's Eve? Is that what you say? Happy New Year's Eve, upcoming Happy New yeah. Year. Yeah, because <laughs> in Germany we are in, in German. It's like uh, a good slide, right? Yeah, exactly. slide into the next year. Yeah, 
<laughs> so a good slide to everybody in the slide chat. <laughs> that makes uh, no sense at all in English at all. No, yeah. not the least yeah. bit. Yeah, for for some reason there yeah, there's this uh, there's just this it's called and guten, guten Rutsch, yeah. which just means like like a you know a good slide into the next just hump over the next into the next year. I don't know. Yeah, it really doesn't translate in any way really, but um, that's what that's we say. That's what we say. That's all good. It makes total sense in German. I I definitely I I uh, promise you. It's, yeah. Totally. There is one there is one new review that is um, not so positive. Ooh. Oh, um, it's a two star, and uh, it's. Um, let me see here. It's by J. Joe Douglas. Uh, good podcast. Well, I guess it's not. Not anyway. Let me read it. We'll see. Uh, good podcast. Should say it's about JavaScript. Ah, from the description, I was expecting content that was more conceptual than I spent my time listening to. There is a great deal of talk about JavaScript and JavaScript frameworks, yet no mention of JavaScript in the description. I get that the hosts uh, largely work with JavaScript, so it may make sense for them to talk about it. I'd recommend this podcast to other people who, large, who largely work in JavaScript. For others, the description might be good uh, if, if the constant JS talk doesn't grate too much. Hmm. Okay, so I guess um, a, a different expectation of what the, the podcast was supposed to be about. Yeah. So. I mean, we do, we do tend to skew pretty heavily towards JavaScript. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's not just JavaScript, but I, I, I can see, um, I mean, I, I do think we, we skew a bit more that way. It makes um, sense, yeah. 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 So I don't think that's necessarily negative as much as just a, I, I, th I think that's an honest review and, and mm -hmm. that's totally legit. And yeah. Um, We'll try to cover other things. I as said they negative come up. because of the two uh, stars, but uh, oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it necessarily makes sense to try to cover other things. I mean, if it if it if it works out, but the thing if is, if it we, comes up, that's all. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. but the thing is, I think I think this uh, person has a point. I mean, it is true. Like, we talk a lot about JavaScript because we want to talk about things that kind of. We come across in our profession, basically, and um, I don't think that it will be like it, it doesn't make sense to. I think it makes sense to rather maybe state it in the description, mm -hmm. especially if our you know like if our um, uh, listenership kind of grows and it kind of goes into areas you know and it and it's yeah and and people stumble over it that are not necessarily um, in the JavaScript world and then they would maybe react just like uh, this person. So I I think that we'll have to think about it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, thank you for yes, the feedback. Very useful. It's a, yeah, it's great fe feedback for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> that's okay. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> Um, cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, everybody uh, jump into the Slack chat. I also just wanted to um, recommend, I wrote a little Medium article, Medium post, which was my most successful media posts, Medium post so far. It has 648 reads. And all I'm doing there is just recommending the podcast episode, the interview with did with Jafar Hussein, and uh, because it didn't get as many downloads as I think it should have, I think now it has the most downloads of all the descriptive episodes that we did so far. And um, and it, yeah, I just think uh, this is such an awesome story that I just want to re-recommend it. Uh, didn't you anybody? get a really cool uh, retweet on that? I did actually. Oh yeah, it was by um, Eric Meyer, who mm -hmm. is this. Uh, like uh, computer scientist and uh, language maker, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he's pretty popular. He he's I think the author of Reactive Extensions. Um, not hundred percent, but I mean, he at some point I heard him say he made it. So yeah, Jafar was also talking about him a lot. Yeah, and he was exactly. basically trying to find a way to work with him. And that was one of his goals, I believe. And uh, it was very interesting to me that um, when you sent that out, that he retweeted that. Yeah. So. No, I think it was actually somebody else that he wanted to work with, but but he did work a lot with Eric Bayer. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. or did at least have conversations with him. Yeah. So that was a good retweet, yeah, for sure. And uh, I think it got a, a few few more listens from that. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, and I think uh, that's it. Cool, cool. Side. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yay. Uh, Okay, signing off. Uh, um, so everybody have a, a good slide. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter. We are Reactive Pod on Twitter. And uh, yeah, talk to us. Yeah, um, and I'm uh, Raquel Velas. I'm Rockbot on Twitter. And um, definitely check out our Reactive Slack channel. Um, where you can you can get a link to that and see all of our show notes at reactive.audio. Um, and uh, have a very safe and happy new year. Please be safe. Safe. Right. Be safe. Thank you. And eat food. <laughs> eat lots of food and be happy. Hey. Yay. Yay. I'm Henning Glattergotz and I'm H. Glattergotz on Twitter. And uh, please do leave us a review. Um, and uh, yeah, tell us anything just as... Uh, J. Joe Douglas did. Um, always useful. So if you uh, have a few minutes, that would be really great if you could do that. There's a link in the show notes on uh, where to go to do that. And uh, anyway, thank you. And I will talk to you next year. Next year! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.